Yo, Joburg, and welcome to episode 240 of the very same podcast. We've titled this episode Turncoats. We're going to get into a topic about G.I. Joe agents that might go to the bad and Cobra agents that might go over to the good, plus our speculations as to who the next Decepticon or Autobots could be in the G.I. Joe X Transformers line. Yep, we know they are just getting started, ladies and gentlemen. But my name is Steve. I'm joined by my usual suspects. Hello, Paul. Hello, everybody. And Rob's here as well. Yes, I am. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Forgive me being a little bit sing-songy. I've got to test if the voice is all there. It is, of course, just after 6 a.m. down under. How are you fellas doing back on the dark continent? Oh, I'm going to start first. <laughs> uh, no, all good, all good. Just being teensy bit, bit, um, bit busy, but uh, got some cool stuff to talk about this podcast. It's been a fun week um, in terms of toys. Yay! And, so, um, in other words, same old, same old from Mr. Paul Deadly Pencils Lopesha. <laughs> yeah, Rob, same old, same old. What's new in your life, my friend? <laughs> cut, cut him off, cut him off. <laughs> it's so good. Had a good week. Fantastic yeah. week. I saw a movie. I, uh, yes. Which movie? Yes. Oh, I saw The Batman. I really quite enjoyed it. I think it, I think it's worth your time. Uh, just don't get hung up on the soundtrack if you don't like modern music. Insert it into your soundtracks. <laughs> yes. Rob saw The Batman, the and Batman. so did I. And we can't get into it because Paul hasn't yet. He's going to see it tomorrow morning. No, when are you going yeah, to see I it? I meant Paul? to see it on Friday. I'm so sorry, guys. It's just That's right. rubbish came up and it just messed up my weekend. So. Well, that also gives the entire Bear Force a chance to see it, so we don't spoil it for them. So, go but see if it, you want, if you want it spoiled, <laughs> or if you have seen it and you'd like to see if your opinion lines up with mine, you can check out Saints on Cinema, Mr. Tim Wilde's channel on youtube the link will be in the description below and uh we got into it for uh, about 45 minutes which is great wow. because i needed to get things off my chest um so <laughs> thank you tim for giving me that outlet and that platform um of course his opinions are top shelf as always so yeah man like i say if you really are dying to know what i thought don't hesitate straight after this podcast head over there saints on cinema and but, also just a a small happy birthday for Mr. Saints on Cinema, who celebrated his birthday the other day. Um, oh, so, happy birthday! Yeah, Tim. so I just thought it'd be Crazy. cool because he's happy part birthday, of the Bird Force. Be nice to just shout out happy birthday, Tim, and also somebody who um, is definitely in the show in spirit, uh, but not always here with us in the live audience is Mr. Cody. Um, happy birthday to you as well, dude. Um, I, I blame this man. I mean. Thank him for the He-Man madness. Uh, you can everybody can thank him for Heberg, because <laughs> uh, he's the the soul who got me um, Skeletor and He-Man so many months ago, and uh, sent me down the dark He-Man path. Anyway, let me not uh, hijack this anymore. Well, on the topic of Cody and his generosity, uh, I was going to credit it right at the end of the renegade saga but if you are a, a watcher of our play motions you would know that um right now sarge and the renegades are kind of the protagonists of the ongoing adventure which i'm in the process of concluding but i would not have access to taurus red dog and mercer had it not been for cody 
sending me a little care package like pretty immediately after I arrived in Australia and started complaining about how few toys I had to hand. So, yes, you have Cody to blame for this entire saga. <laughs> but, gentlemen, we have neglected one important um, new release for some time now. And it's the 112 Collective by Mezco Toys. Nobody's gotten them in hand yet, but they've <laughs> announced Destro, Roadblock, Firefly, and most recently, Snake Eyes. Paul, and Storm Shadow. And Storm Shadow? Well, yeah. buddy, what is Mezco all about? Uh, enlighten us. I know they're premium priced toys. They look pretty incredible. What's the deal? Uh, okay, so the quickest way to explain Mezco is, especially in the in in um, GI Joe terms, is we're kind of getting smaller sideshow figures. That's kind of what they feel like, uh, and probably the best way to sum it up. Um, but I feel like there's just a little bit more happening than that because they are smaller and they have got sort of somewhat realistic clothing or detailed weapons. They definitely have their own personality and their own kind of thing going for them. Um, you know, they, they've done some impressive stuff with the X-Men. Um, so much so that I've been quite tempted to get myself a cable from them. Um, but decided I'm going to keep my money for one of the G.I. Joe releases. Um, so they're pretty exciting. They're uh, a little bit more of your, like you said, um, top, maybe more of a top shelf premier style collectible. Definitely not the kind of thing you're going to... Well, I don't think it's the kind of thing you're going to sneak in your... Uh, keep around in your jacket pocket when you go to restaurants and play with, you know, <laughs> on, the, on, the, mm -hmm. on the table while you wait for your order to arrive. Um, but there definitely will be talking points if, uh, you know, if you had to display them. Plus, they're smaller, so they take up less space, which is a bonus. Um, they yeah, look 12-inch, but they're actually 112 scale, so 6-inch figures. Yeah, so they'll about classified. integrate with yeah. classified, except they'll show I'm, them up, surely. I'm going to say yes and no. I think there's, I think there's definitely going to be a, um, a, some discrepancies in terms of scale there because yes, uh, they are going to be one twelfth scale, but I think the proportions of them are different enough from the classified that they might stand out quite a bit. Never mind just the aesthetic, you know, them having sort of uh, realistic clothing, realistic meaning um, soft goods and things like that happening for the clothing, uh, versus you know the sculpted detail on something like classified Joe. So yeah, so there's definitely going to have, they're, they're going to have that side to them. So I don't know if they're going to mesh with your, your classified line, but if you're the kind of guy that it, you're a big fan of GI Joe, you feel like maybe there's too many classified figures uh, out there and you just want to get a few to showcase, you know, your love for GI Joe. I think Mezco is the answer for you. And uh, why not? I mean, look at Destro's gear i mean look at this like this this briefcase it's amazing it's not just this is better than the sideshow briefcase and they had like more real estate to play with and and bigger <laughs> bigger tooling for but, folks uh, listening to this as a podcast let me just describe that it is a it's sort of a bulky attache style case um i think one of those like tool cases that are kind of bulked out that have these you know locking latches uh, you flip it open and you've got an embossed Cobra logo on the inside and you've got the option of two different inserts. You can either have Destro's classic like broken down weapon in it, like which I assume could then be uh, taken out and then assembled into a weapon. 
I assume that is, that is it. Oh. oh my goodness! You okay, but it's all sort of here. insert. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pistol yes. with like attachment parts, like a you know a, a forward um, uh, grip, um, a, a, a buttstock. Uh, it's got two large magazines that insert into the front. Um, it's got a suppressor or a barrel extension. It's got a scope. Yeah. Oh my word! It's beautiful. Beautiful. And it sort of sits <laughs> inside of a, a, a foam insert, so it's very snug and, and form fitted. Or you have the option of like what looks like a radioactive isotope or a explosive uh, red glowing bomb. Why is it red glowing? Because it's actually got lights in it. Okay, you've Which got these crazy. like bits of like tech that glow. And not only that, but the top face of the box has a flip open screen, which also, I think, glows with a light. <laughs> I mean, wow, wow. The things they can now do, even at this larger scale, is astounding. Or astounding. That one. <laughs> and then on top of that, I mean, if right now we've got a, a picture of Destro with all of uh, the stuff that comes in the box. And we have got this massive rifle that looks like it's, you know, 30 minutes in the future. We've got um, two different portraits, one grinning, oh, actually three different portraits. We've got mm -hmm. a grinning one, which is sort of more in line with the cartoon. We've got something that's a bit more uh, like harder edge, like the vintage toy. And oh. then we got, yeah. <laughs> and then we that got would be this... my display head all day. I tell you, love those, I'm... like that hard brow. The sunken I eyes. actually, mm. I love that. I think that's really, really cool. And it's good that they included that because I think people would have outright rejected this if it didn't come with that head sculpt. Um, because the other two, are, I think, are a little bit more controversial. Although um, when I showed this to, to Jim or when Jim and I were talking about this in private at one point, he was ab uh, absolutely like in love with the sort of grinning or grimacing okay. head, should I say. He's just like, it looks so out there and outrageous and he, he digs it and i gotta say i i dig it too at first i was like whoa but uh it's actually pretty rad then on top Important of all of this question stuff... from the chat though just to derail you for a second paul because you know i love doing that um <laughs> can you play with it asks hans chow he submits that you cannot <gasps> i'm gonna find out dude <laughs> he's, gonna... he's got oh, it on pre-order paul's uh, put his money where his mouth is my mm, goodness, good boy. Yes. The Destro These toys look amazing. Like I, yes. I, I, I've seen other Mezco. I think they're called One Twelves. Um, yes, yeah. And they're so good. We had a Superman Red Superman, so like the Russian Superman in the store once, and it comes in such a beautiful. Uh, it came in this amazing tin. Had like a slip thing that went over the tin. So the presentation is absolutely incredible. I mean, even if if you aren't able to play with it, yeah, it's gonna look absolutely amazing. Um, playing with it would be, would be cooler than not though, I think. <laughs> yeah. Listen, the cool thing about that scale, about the one twelfth uh, scale is that there's so many diorama pieces out there. There's so many guys making diorama stuff for one to 12 scale because of mm. Marvel legends, Star Wars, black series, and now GI Joe classified. And of course, let's not forget to mention the awesome action force, uh, toys by Valiverse. Um, so. You know, if you, you know, yes, you can play with them, maybe not in the traditional sense, but I don't think a lot of guys are going to play with them like, uh, you know, in the same way that we like to play with them. 
but they're definitely gonna play with them you know with a camera included <laughs> and some <laughs> cool photography stuff going on so i mean that's that's the one thing um that i think could make them quite exciting i i gotta say this is not a line that i want to try and get every one of i want to be very 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 careful with this um for like for example i really love this roadblock i think he's really great but i'm not in a hurry to get my hands on another roadblock in my life um i'd rather save my mezco money for like if they do a, a something like i would say stalker or, or a scarlet or lady j or you know give us somebody that's completely different and new and interesting in the line that we haven't really seen in toy form for a while or you know so I, i'm looking forward to that kind of thing uh the destro for me is, was a, a must get must buy uh, but then we are seeing pictures of this bad boy over here of Firefly. And Ooh. I I must say, I had to do a double take when I saw this, uh, when I was looking for these images, not for this episode, but for the last episode. I was sort of looking for these, episodes, uh, these images because I wanted to spring them in the last episode. And um, I went past this thinking that this was the Sideshow figure. And that's kind of embarrassing because I own the Sideshow figure. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So that's actually... That is some kind of um, endorsement of the, the quality of these toys. Um, as for playing with them, yeah, like I said, uh, I will know when I have my Destro and then I'll play with them. Um, but how but much do they cost, Paul, is what everyone's wanting to know. They, I think, um, okay, let's start with they're expensive. <laughs> but um just get yeah, us but, prepped for the dollar just, number yeah. so <laughs> and also guys remember when i say something's expensive i don't necessarily mean that as a bad thing the, you know for me expensive is like you spend money and you get quality uh, as opposed to it being overpriced where, which is when you spend too much money and you're getting subpar quality so i mean for a hundred dollars a hundred to a hundred and twenty dollars yeah. i think these are pretty fair they're well, I'm on of... the Mezco Toys website, and it says non-refundable deposit of twenty-five bucks, and a purchase Ew. price yeah. of a hundred dollars. So they yeah. want you locked in, man. Yeah, I think it's because they're going for a similar business model that uh, Super Seven goes for, in that they yeah, want make to get to order. guys to pre, yeah, mm. uh, which is a good thing because it's it's worked out for Super Seven's Ninja Turtle line, which surprisingly has done reissues um of, of oh, turtles of the first two waves which is quite impressive actually so yeah um there's one thing i do want to say that's worth mentioning with the mezco toys and to go to uh hans's question in the comments uh the only figure that i'm a little bit concerned about and i would like to see more pictures of this before i give it you know before i'm i'm a bit you know more critical of it but snake eyes that kind of outfit with that kind of rubbery sort of material that they're using there uh i am very scared of that tearing apart and falling and and sort of eventually sort of disintegrating over time um because i've seen guys with hot toys ed 209 and uh geez other things batmans that have completely like just disintegrated and they're gross you know they just it's like torn rubber everywhere it looks like a stretch armstrong that's like been in the sun for too long it's just ugh, but uh, yeah, uh, that's my uh, that's my only criticism leveraged towards the snake eyes uh, with the limited pictures that we have. Uh, hopefully, we'll get more clarity on that later when Mezco does their full lineup. Um, there is also a Storm Shadow that's coming out, 
Uh, the pictures aren't worth showing because it's literally just a, the side of his face. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about more pictures of those. But yeah, that's Mezco stuff for now. Um, and I'd love to hear what what characters people want to see in Mezco. What is the one character that's going to pop out in Mezco form that's going to make you go, yeah, I'm going to drop $120 on that. <laughs> and are you going to sell all your classifieds to do so? I mean, it's it's a big <laughs> ask up front, Swap but them. these are Swap premium them. action figures. And, and I suppose if you want to flip them straight after testing them out, if you're not mad about them, um, they will always fetch more on the aftermarket than they do up front. So there's always oh. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, gents, I, I think I've said all I wanted to say about Mezco, or I've prodded Paul all I wanted to prod. Uh, Rob, unless <laughs> you've got something to add, uh, I think we should get into our topic. Hell yeah, dude. Let's get let's go gray. Let's turn our coats. Mm, so this one was suggested by Robert, actually. I'm Whoa. delighted to announce. Uh, he Absolutely thought it wild. might be fun horror, horror. if we speculated who of the Cobra camp would flip and become joes and who of the joes would flip and become cobras people are flipping all over the show maybe we should have called this flip flop um but you know gi <laughs> joe has a oh, has a rich history of turncoats cobra commander's son became a joe dusty became a cobra for no. a couple of days uh, snake eyes started out his feature film his self-titled movie uh, very much an agent of cobra and then kind of flipped by the end and they decided to give him a fun fancy suit and motorcycle helmet and yeah go go my son go bring bring back storm shadow uh, so there are plenty plenty of examples of characters going one way or the other but we took it upon ourselves to speculate who else might be waiting in the wings as a, a traitor so to speak uh rob do you want to kick this one off my friend so i thought like I really struggled to think of like cobras. <laughs> oh, Scoop! Of course. Looking at your avatar, I'm like, yeah, Scoop started out <laughs> as an agent of Cobra Command. That, that, that's, I mean, that's quite an obvious choice, I think. I mean, that's why I, I tried to not <laughs> choose Scoop. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, from the animated series, he 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 was, um, yeah, he started as Cobra guy because, um, you know, he he was convinced erroneously that the GI Joes had destroyed his family home. It's interesting also because you could make an argument that in the actual G.I. Joe himself, he could be a, a double agent. I mean, in, in, the, in the toys, because there he was kind of sent to G.I. Joe to kind of like monitor them and, uh, you know, kind of like capture footage for kind of like higher ups in, in, in you know, the military chain of command. So I suppose even like in other, in other form, not just the animated series, you could argue that he could actually be a, a, a turncoat. Um, but anyway... So I struggled to think of like cobras because I was like, what what makes a person necessarily on the cobra side? Is it a bloodlust lust? Is it a what is it that makes them be cobra? And I'm trying to think of ones that maybe were less about being evil, <laughs> more in it like for say money or something like that. Um, and it, I don't know if it's a good choice or not, but for me at least, I can imagine. Hey, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, he just sells drugs, that's fine. <laughs> uh, um, no, I thought Tomix and Zamot, I thought. Um, because at least the way that the character I say, like on the file cards, I mean, they, they're more in it really to have complete control of finances and to be able to push 
um, finances to the limit, essentially, you know, like how much money can we possibly make? Um, I suppose, yeah, in, in the most unscrupulous ways possible, but um, I can still imagine that can't be the only thing driving them is money. There, there has to be other, maybe better things in them that that could actually make them uh, decide to not be as evil as say they, they have been portrayed in the past. Um, I think so, uh, no, I was going to say something that could be quite fun with, with the twins is that uh, they could have a, a fierce rivalry with Destro and then decide to side with Joe and, and put a lot of money into R and D and all that for, for GI Joe technology so that they can take on Destro. So, I can imagine them like turning their back on Cobra to snub Destro, you know? Yeah. Or as, as, maybe as a there's like play. a disagreement yeah. between the two. I mean, that probably yeah. wouldn't happen so much in the cartoon, but like in other um, media, um, a disagreement between them. And then they could kind of become their own rivals. And you have, say, Tomix on the mm. G.I. Joe side and Zamath on the Cobra side. Um, oh, I'd be intrigued to see that. Wow. Yeah. I, I think brother. the stories would be really interesting. Oh yeah, you go absolutely crazy with that sort of stuff. Okay, I, I recall. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to mention. I do recall. I think is it IDW or, or Devil's Due, and I can't. I can't remember if it's some kind of frontline or special missions or something. But uh, Zaymot or Tomax is killed, and the one that survives actually joins GI Joe. Um, guys, in the comments and stuff, correct me if I'm wrong or enlighten me. Um, but I do recall something like that. That sounds uh, really cool. That's, so no, that's so someone came up with it before me, or maybe I was influenced by that. <laughs> maybe, that or maybe remember. it hasn't happened. Maybe it hasn't happened, and this is like a, a fake memory that's, you know, maybe you just inceptioned me. <laughs> it could be. It could be. I've inserted something mm, in there. <laughs> sounds like possibly G.I. Joe Cobra to me. That series did some interesting things in terms of twisting the psychology of the Chuckles character. So it's any case, mm. it's anybody's guess whose side he's really on, uh, probably his own, because he's felt betrayed enough by GI Joe and certainly been embedded in Cobra long enough to, to kind of lose a lot of himself, um, to to the, the the mission. But we got some great suggestions uh, besides old Chuckles. Uh, I particularly like Scuba Pete's suggestion of Zorana, who Zorana. Yeah. If you take the cartoon to be your canon, the Zorana mainframe romance speaks to maybe like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith type setup where they're both um. working different like secret lives. Like she's in the employ of Cobra and he's in the employ of G.I. Joe, but they come together to have this illicit affair. And perhaps, yeah, their allegiance is more to, to love than to their respective factions. So yeah, man, it's it's interesting. It's a, a plot line that I'd love to see. Like, you know, <laughs> maybe it's just a, a, a function of age. But I'm like, let's see less like explosions and gun violence, and let's see some like romantic GI Joe <laughs> plots <laughs> where that becomes the, the you know the more important thing. Interesting, you know, really taking me back to my lines. Yahoo group days. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> and MCDJ ACDC says that it definitely reminds him of true lies which is mm. another sublime uh, i think that probably was arnold schwarzenegger's like action comedic peak like it was the perfect blend of of all of his all of the things that arnie offers just this 
incredible like action persona, but also he's funny, dude. In the right hand, oh, what kind of cop are you? You let the James bad guy Cameron, get away. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely wonderful, wonderful. Look at me when I'm talking to you. <laughs> and of course, this is something that I first pondered. But like Blood, Firefly, and Zartan, if the price is right, their allegiance is malleable. Um, perhaps, perhaps in certain situations, they would cooperate with the good guys if it, yeah, if it was in their best. Yeah, financial I mean, it probably wouldn't be Jaja themselves offering them that money, but say like someone that they're helping out. And that person has hired one of these guys. Yeah, you could imagine that happening, actually. Or desperation. I, I can imagine something like Major Blood, particularly. He probably enjoys the good life between between engagements. So if the news starts tightening around him, uh, who's to say he might cut a deal? Hmm. I, mm-hmm. I I think there are certain characters in Cobra who will definitely turn their backs on Cobra if Cobra became more successful at their goal uh, of world domination, <laughs> of controlling things. Because then we're really shitty at Cobra... this, and I kind of like the way it's happening right now. So can we just not actually take over the world? <laughs> yeah, it's like I kind of like this, like will we, won't we situation because it's not really affecting my family, you know, kind of thing. I can still go to the movies. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Sweeney no. gets romantic on us in the chats by saying that Duke could leave the Joe team due to Scarlet choosing Snake Eyes over him. Wow, that's that's a, a pretty bold move for a lover scorned. You're going to switch sides on it. But hey, man, like I say, I'd be interested in seeing something that dealt more with the the personal lives of Joes and Cobras than perhaps them going out, you know, all guns blazing. That'd be interesting. Uh, and the, the conjecture keeps coming. Hans is like, Sorano and Mainframe are not just a clashing of ide- ideologies, but a clashing of ages. Mainframe is a senior soldier with many years under his belt. He's seen years of combat. Sorana is a punk in her 20s. And that's always interesting. An angle, you know, the, the younger woman, older man situation. Yeah, man. A lot of people could get behind. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt, man. Um, I'm going to throw one into the the, the cauldron and just say that, to my mind, uh, Zartan seems like the most malleable out there of all and could possibly be a deep cover agent to begin with. Because... Very likely. The one one confirmed kill that Zartan has... Uh, canonically, yes. is none yeah. other than Serpentor. He brought exactly. the Cobra Island Civil War to a very swift conclusion. So, I'm starting to think of a conspiracy theory where Zartan has been embedded with Cobra for so long that he's actually been responsible for bringing down a number of their grander schemes and plots. Yeah, and it all actually... started with his uh his pupillage under the master swordsman Onihashi. I mean, yep. if you believe what you read in Love that particularly arc. the later comics, like he was hugely remorseful after uh, implicating Storm Shadow in the Hard Master's death. Uh, mm-hmm. His master, um, Onihashi, who he studied under, Zartan's master, uh, took his own life out of shame. Yeah, committed and that sent Zartan yeah. down a very conflicted path, which could have easily had the effect of him being like, to hell with this, I'm going to work to bring down Cobra Command because they they did this to me. 
they'd ruined my life. Cobra Commander did this. So I'm going to play this long game. Uh, so I'd love for Zartan to be a double agent or triple agent. Or, you know, he just is the ultimate chameleon. So to say that he's perfectly aligned with Cobra's views would be a huge oversimplification. I just so he's love my that number section one pick. in the comic. I, oh, yeah. I love that section in the comic, man. It's one of my favorites. It's actually the one piece of, I, I mean, there's a lot of great stories in G.I. Joe, but that just really worked for me. I loved seeing Zartan go through that sort of moral dilemma and, and facing himself. And, you know, you could even extend that to the comic, um, mm. that conspiracy, because his rivalry with Destro, you know, could also be seen as him sort of being a saboteur, a saboteur to Cobra's plans in the form of being Destro's rival and being petty. So that's another one. That's actually a very cool one. Uh, Steve, nice one, dude. Dig that. Mm. Kind of so an obvious one. Throw... <laughs> the master of disguise <laughs> being kind of flexible in his allegiances. But he, mm. it strikes me that Zartan is one of the most complexly written characters. Particularly well, in the, go, the right? later, the, the 80s and 90s of the G.I. Joe A.R.O. series. So, yeah, once again, like, we're, we're pretty inaccessible to, to folks who haven't read uh, the comics, perhaps, in depth. But if you are curious, like, check out that period of the run. And, yeah, you'll, you'll learn some new things about Zartan, perhaps. But Paul, who do you think mm. um, who, who do you think would 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 flip sides if uh, Cobra so, actually achieved world domination? So I loved the idea of Zartan as well, and I gave it some thought because it was just as Steve said, it is a character that could obviously be the turncoat, but at the same time, so much complexity that it's actually worth speaking about. So I figured, well, Steve's the man to do that. Um, I'm going to instead uh, take another character, another two characters that are gonna that I thought would be quite fun to play with. And the first one is Tripwire. <laughs> um, I feel like Tripwire is one of those, you know how he's always clumsy and all that kind of stuff? Like he's built up this character. You know, nobody like, I, I love that he has that failing, you know, as a, you know, EOD, you know, specialist or whatever. But like, you know, to be that like, obviously like clumsy and all that, that just screams to me of like, he's already a plant. He's already doing something, you know, naughty. And um, in my mind, he didn't die. I, I think it's a case of his death was faked. And then he came back later as bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> as metalhead i like Whoa. in my brain that could be that could be a fun kind of twist uh tripwire goes from geeky underappreciated gi joe who nev you never feel like the joes really get on with him or like him you kind of feel like he's a bit of a foil if that makes sense like you know like even there like ooh, something's not entirely cool here like when everybody gets invited to the G.I. Joe, you know, Christmas party or to Scarlet's surprise birthday party, Tripwire's invite gets uh, goes missing in the mail. So I kind of got a, a feeling that Tripwire is one to turn on G.I. Joe, personally. Um, mm. In fact, so much so that I think he has in the form of, of Metalhead. Um, so that's one. Um, I've got another, but I feel Hang like... On, Paul, I wanna, did you say I that see... Tripwire dies canonically? Yeah, he does. Nah. He dies in... Not Tripwire. I thought he died. 
I'm sure tripwire does. Anyway, I mean, you would know better than I do. You, you like, you way, you got a way better memory for that stuff. Well, I'm just covering our ass, so at least we're fifty-fifty. Like, you know, if 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 he didn't die canonically in any continuity, then we're right. If he did, we're still right. So. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so we are right. right, right, right. <laughs> he died in your personal head cannon. There you go. He died heroically, running into a building. We never saw the body. Yeah, and then he came out with a goatee. Bang, bang, <laughs> and a grudge. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and a grudge against GI Joe. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Rob, who's your next one, dude? So, if you have another. I've... Oh, I, de- I definitely have. I've, 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 I've two more. I was thinking of, um, someone like, I think someone like Road Pig, at least based on his file mm-hmm. card, because it just feels like he was never given a chance, <laughs> ever. You know, like, like it's, it says like he came into life, and the doctor was like, "God damn, it's an ugly baby." Um, you know, he got expelled from kindergarten. People didn't even bother to try and, uh, you know, help him or rehabilitate him. He. he, he everything he ever tried to be a part of people just didn't they just kind of shunned him more than they ever tried to give him a chance to actually be a better person um i mean it's it's insane the entire file card feels like it's just a big bullying thing like everyone's just bullying this poor guy and his name's donald i mean that's just it's sad i mean it's so sad this this sad guy who like no one just ever gave a chance to if someone just gave him a kind hand um, a few words kind of point in the right direction. He could be a really good person, I think. Um, so I think, you know, get him out of these, this bad influences and set him on the right path. And I think road pick could be, could be actually a really good person. Yeah. Tell him, tell him he's, he's worthy. He can do. Yeah. Something. You're worthy. It doesn't matter how ugly you are, you know? Hmm. Well, that's why he if finds you a take the card, the dreadnoughts. Well, true. But I think his, his, presence on the dreadnoughts at least in the comic books seem primarily motivated by the presence of zorana he's hopelessly in love with her yes like worships the ground she walks on she keeps him around because he's great muscle in fact probably the best muscle she could find but she ain't she ain't getting the love muscle if you know what i mean Uh, (laughs) she's stringing him along and uh, once again it's a lover scorn situation like if she keeps that up yeah what's stopping him and if you take the comic book to be your canon once again he's got like this these warring personalities it's kind of jekyll and hyde or yeah that's the other thing yeah Hmm. like if you just appeal to this his better side you could you could be good or bad really in the end what's cool there is is that He's either way he's insecure, and so somebody like Sarana is manipulating that insecurity by stringing him along, because she's mm-hmm. because she herself is like dangerous and insecure herself. So she she knows how to manipulate and play people. So yeah, Paul, I'm delighted to see that Ryan has your back in the chats. He says that Tripwire died <laughs> with all the Joes in retaliation. <laughs> so if ever you need evidence of like uh, a massive cull, just uh, point them in the direction of the rock movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, some more great suggestions. Cover girl goes deep undercover and loses her true identity. Lost in Cobra forever. That'd be Ooh. cool. I mean, she doesn't do undercover work, but the name suggests she should. So yeah. let's let's add that string to her bow. 
like cover girl it's a it's a play on words in multiple ways it's not just because she's a, a supermodel she's she's going deep cover um well, i neglected watched- to mention up top that one of the most famous cartoon two-parters involve baroness or an alternate reality baroness mm. working secretly for the gi joe yes. underground and being in love with Steeler. yeah worlds without end she is two-parter. for all intents and purposes an agent of gi joe and also uh baroness was played up in near the end of the the a-roll run um you know i know for like when we were kids at least when david no were kids uh her and destro were like we're done with this cobra crap so in our minds it was like oh they're good guys now you know <laughs> um but they did turn their back on cobra they had to be uh, i mean baroness had to be brainwashed and destro was manipulated by that so yeah so she did technically turn her back on cobra as well you know she was like i'm done with all the terrorist stuff (laughs) you know i've only come up with two because i like the binary nature of this like there's a a, a cobra that's turning joe and a joe that's turning cobra in my mind swapping sides and it's it's it, it springs kind of from our chat on baroness but it's actually baroness's one time disciple dawn moreno aka mm, ah. lady snake eyes um yeah she i get that i didn't know about wow she was trained by baroness initially because hey she, i mean dawn was a citizen of cobra occupied springfield or the not cobra occupied the cobra town of springfield so her initial kind of life started out very much normalizing the cobra ideology doctrine way of life she was on the bloody lacrosse team where her athletic prowess was recognized by the baroness and it was in the baroness's kind of care that she stumbled onto the brainwave scanner and inherited all of snake eyes's memories and if you know anything about the brainwave scanner you know that it's voodoo can be done and then just as quickly undone if the only thing keeping Dawn Moreno on the side of G.I. Joe and the, well, on the side of the Arashi Kage and thereby, therefore by extension G.I. Joe is the brainwashing, well, it's a pretty simple process to undo that. Like if she strapped herself into the brainwave scanner and then nuked all of her Snake Eyes persona again, she could very easily become an agent of Cobra Command. So I think that her loyalty is perhaps the most frail of any of the the G.I. Joe adjacent personnel. But she's just so bloody good. They better string her along. <laughs> so she's she's my Joe that could easily flip-flop and become a Cobra. She's and like that, X-23 in that respect. Yeah, totally. totally. Mm-hmm. This force um, of nature that is uh, very unfixed in her her compass. Yeah, that's actually quite a fun one and and quite a nice modern one, you know, for for those of us, you know, modern GI Joe fans. I appreciate that one actually. My next yeah, suggestion. It's going to sail plainly over the head of anyone who isn't reading current IDW continuity. Well, I'm sorry so guys. I'm so glad that I now have some access to it. Um so I'm going to be consuming that stuff over the next couple of weeks. And so I'm looking forward to the Dawn Moreno stuff. Um However, the one I wanted to throw in is Crocmaster. And I know it's kind of a weird one, but I don't really feel like Crocmaster has that much allegiance to Cobra in the first place. I think he's very much like a pet in terms of, you know, in in terms of the hierarchy of Cobra. 
Um, you know, he's kind of just there and he's kind of like the security guard slash janitor. And and I think um, Crocmaster is one mental breakdown away from a crocodile telling him to, to turn sides on Cobra and bam, he could start thinking he's a G.I. Joe. Um, <laughs> you know, like, and, and I think that could be an interesting thing to play with is Crocmaster lo losing his mind a little when Cobra Island is sort of taken over by G.I. Joe or or as Cobra is being defeated on Cobra Island, he could go through a whole range of emotions and I actually decide, no, you know, I, I like my I like my G.I. Joe friends. They they're actually way cooler, you know, than my Cobra friends. <laughs> you know, must kill for for G.I. Joe. You know, I can just see that kind of weirdness happening uh with him. Because we don't know a lot about him. And we don't know, don't really, really know what motivates him. And th that to me makes him like sort of fertile ground for, you know, being a turncoat, at least in, in terms of writing him. He could surprise us. He could see, I don't know, he could be madly in love with Scarlet. We could have a, a, a Serana situation <laughs> on, on our hands with Scarlet. Or it could be Cover Girl, Cover Girl and Croc Master, you know, and, or something. Beauty and the Beast. That's, that, that's and the pretty beast. compelling. Exactly. And also, just to, to speak of Cover Girl, have you guys ever checked out that movie? I'm sure I've mentioned this on an episode before, but Domino with uh, Kira Knightley. Oh, I've heard of it. I haven't watched it yet, though. Okay, it's based on the real-life bounty hunter. Um, <laughs> Rob, you've had a long opportunity, man. If you haven't seen it by now... Probably not going to watch it. <laughs> no, Paul, I haven't seen it myself, and I'll tell you why. I, I just... It was marketed so poorly. I was like, I don't want to watch that. I mean, so, maybe it's okay, but like the the trailer made it look like a real B grade. So it's it's actually quite sex uh, quite sexily shot. To be fair, like that's one thing <laughs> well, it's definitely got going nightly, for it. Hello. No, but no, not just that. But the action and I mean, listen, this is like my memory of having seen it a couple of years ago. So maybe I should watch it again before I make too many hard. <laughs> but I, about I do twelve remember, years old by now. <laughs> I do remember watching it back then and thinking, "Wow, I really like how this is shot," and I do, I do feel that it it suffers a little bit from trying to be too cool and from trying to make Domino's character more cool than tragic because the actual person Domino Harvey, although. Uh, a, a, quite an interesting human um, was actually quite a tortured person. I mean, she eventually um, took her own life. She had a lot of um, stuff to deal with, but uh, she was legit a bounty hunter and she did have legitimate uh, respect and she did what she did. And I feel like Courtney Krieger, AKA cover girl mm. is very much in line with that kind of character. And I like that, you know, um, I like Paul's going to blow your mind, perhaps, but this film is 17 years old this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait. That's a lifetime ago. I do remember seeing Kira Knightley boob in it. So, I mean, if anybody... <laughs> oh, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to rent it right now. Actually, you probably don't need to rent it. I'm sure it's free on some streaming service I'm, I'm subscribed to. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I... Don't even joke. I think when I watched it, I did rent it. <gasps> wow. VHS wow. or DVD? Uh, DVD, DVD, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. okay. Nice. Well, I'm, I'm two for two. Uh, anyone else got anything left up their sleeves? Some Joe Cobra turncoats? 
I, th- I think two is probably a good place to leave it. I mean, the rest, ah. I, don't know, I was thinking of, uh, I mean, I was just like throwing names out there. But I think having heard the arguments, we could essentially argue almost anyone <laughs> onto either side of this of, of this conflict. Like you could take someone like, I don't know, DJ and, and like, you know, like he's so obsessed with music, but now he wants to make bad music. <laughs> 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 and then he hits a hit album and then he's just like screw this war thing you know yeah you know yeah. and he becomes selfish and it's all about him just, rather than about saving the world mm, or, he's just like fuck this i'm gonna make festival house and then he's a big yeah, hit and he's, he's up done. there with like he's finished with, with gi joe and cobra he's like take that marshmallow <laughs> for the sake of completeness ryan's got, got our backs once again in the sunbow cartoon you had the night raven pilot that left cobra i think she was called raven if memory raven. serves yeah yeah oh she was goodness. great that was Ooh, a fantastic a episode um and then mara from i suppose memories of mara or yeah and and yeah. once upon a time in springfield as well uh, which is a, a glimpse at a life that could have been, but she could was a synthoid yeah. in that. Oh, spoilers. And then, <gasps> oh. help me, Paul, who is B.A. LeClaire? B.A. LeClaire is, um, oh, and I hope I get this right. Uh, Joe and Cobra go to the Arctic, and yeah. they, they have like an Arctic mission, and I can't remember if this was the one where there's ghosts there, <laughs> or... <laughs> But it's something that happens in the Arctic. I remember there being a polar bear, and I do recall uh, the Baroness actually uh, pretending to be B.A. Leclerc, um, if memory serves. But I could be completely wrong. I could be mixing like three episodes worth of content. Um, uh, cut, 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 yeah. cut, 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 cut. Editing, Steve, you're going to go. <laughs> Goodbye, no, I think, it's, I think it's fair. You don't know what you're talking about, about <laughs> No, dude, I, do, I just do recall that uh, character. Yeah. yeah. But I think All it's right. cool if people know that, you know, like, we don't know everything, and it's fun to not know everything, you know? Uh, in, in fact, we, we have this little snapshot of what G.I. Joe is, and we kind of, like, really lean into that to make ourselves sound like we know everything. I know I always play to my favorites, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't ask me about things beyond my ken. You'll oh. see how quickly my knowledge runs out. Oh, dear. Paul's got the Ryan answer Ryan just corrected us. Mm. You. Is from Raise the Flag. He is, was the Cobra Cook. Yes. There okay. we go. Yes, oh, now yeah. I remember. Yeah. Okay. And there yeah, was actually, that, uh, that admiral who, who took over the. Um, uh, there was a warship that was going to be decommissioned. Montana, that's it. He became a Cobra. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, no, it's there's a rich history of this stuff happening. I think the writers love to go back to the well of like. What if the good guys turn bad or the bad guys turn good? But also, something that turns into Cold other War, things man. is uh, called yeah. the Transformer, isn't it? Ooh. Yeah, 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 episode yeah, yeah. 240, you don't get one topic, you get two. <laughs> <laughs> guys, after the reveals of the last week or week and a half by now, I have been wondering what other Transformers we have in store. Like... It can't just be a once-off, a hiss that transforms into Megatron. The packaging itself hints at further releases. We spoke about it on last week's podcast. I mentioned it in the sort of video breakdown I did on the His Tank slash Megatron. So we know quite possibly that we're going to get a Bumblebee. 
But the question I want mm. to ask is, what do you suppose Bumblebee would transform into? What G.I. Joe vehicle has the right kind of architecture? <laughs> a, a yellow vamp? Yeah, great. Yeah. I would suggest Bumblebee transforming into an ore striker. Ooh, because better. if you look at the retro releases, we got his tanks, we got ore strikers. So these vehicles are kind of very prominent in not only vintage G.I. Joe fans' minds, but also like the current toy buying public. They've seen them both occupying shelves at retail together. So I think like nowadays, the opposite number to the His Tank is the Ore Striker. And these vehicles are totally not classed together, but neither is Megatron and Bumblebee. And if you think of how little plastic there is to an Ore Striker, Firstly, it means the engineering to make the transformation work would have to be very much more involved than like the Megatron just splitting open the, the his tank parts and standing up on the treads. Uh, so it would have to take a lot more engineering finesse to get right. But it also will give you a much more diminutive bot in its final mode. I mean, let's face it, guys, like the his tank is an absolute gift in terms of transforming engineering because it just, mm. well, the tracks got space. Yeah. The tracks are this giant solid plastic piece, which mm. is just a lot of real estate to house legs. Because, you know, that negative space in between the tracks shouldn't actually be there. You know, it should just be like a hollow skirt, if anything, like a little bit of mm. armor plate to maybe hide the undercarriage. I mean, no tank has that kind of exposure of its treads in the first place. But uh, you know, if you are gonna make the tank the his tank a real thing. It's going to need some armor up front just to kind of deflect you from shooting out the, the suspension. Um, so Megatron gets this like, like extra plastic space for free. Whereas the Ore Striker, it's all just air. Anything that makes up Bumblebee's carapace or his front would have to be the engine block and the bonnet. Like that leaves very little space for like legs to extend from. Um, but that's kind of bee's structure mm. you know he's, he's he's bonnet legs and um i suppose uh cabin chest where the passengers would sit on a vw golf make up his chest and the bonnets of the vehicle make up his feet so i'm seeing it guys i'm seeing an all striker unfold that way yeah i can actually see it work quite a bit i can also see his feet being the the, the bonnet area as well and how that can fold out and how the arms and stuff could actually come out the, the rear section of the ore striker and the seats and whatever's could swivel in a similar fashion to the hiss and also be like a shoulder seating mounted gun thing. If the gun um, cage then flips onto his back, maybe mm. you could include an extra sort of runner board and mm. the included G.I. Joe figure could then stand on his back because there's no space to seat him mm. on Bumblebee. So you'd have a, a Joe standing uh, with a cool shoulder cannon, that being the ore striker's weapon, like on, on Bumblebee's shoulder. I know Bumblebee typically didn't have any kind of shoulder cannon, but like, I'm just trying to wonder where the ore striker's gun would go. And I think that would yeah, be a pretty cool solution. Yeah, but like I mean, poke, like, poke Bumblebee's head through the, the cage. Yeah. <laughs> of, also, the in the toy line... Striker. Hasbro's have, have also, or Hasbro and Takara have both leaned into uh, drift. I mean, not drift um, into Cliff Jumper for yeah. for Bumblebee designs as well. And Cliff Jumper does have a bazooka and an arm-mounted weapon, a shoulder-mounted weapon. 
And so, we know Hasbro are loving the repaints. So if you wanted to go really deep into the Transformers roster, Beachcomber, hello. I mean, oftentimes I've looked at the the Awe Strikers um, Eco Striker variation, the sort of blue yeah. and yellow Eco Warriors version. And I've been mm. like thinking, that's Beachcomber. Mm. Come on. <laughs> but that's if you want to dig deep in the Transformers side of things, which uh, let's see interesting so that's me very shallow uh getting the ball rolling with what we can <laughs> most likely expect to find i have far more like out there suggestions but we'll get into that does anyone want to follow <laughs> me up i do because i kind of feel like this is already half done actually um i present to you ladies and gentlemen Rekar. i kind of I'm not like sitting here going, oh my God, Rekka is like the coolest character in the whole of the Transformers universe, but <laughs> he's a great vehicle and he's interesting. Like if you had to release him as like a Dreadnought character, um, I think it'd be interesting if Rekka and maybe some of the other Junkians were done up as Dreadnought bikes or, or maybe even like as a buzzball or something like that. That could be quite interesting uh, to play around with. Uh, and I think it's already half done. Uh, you know, I, th I think it was, uh, was it Chris Muir or uh, Mark Van Leeuwen who posted that amazing picture. They they just had some time off and they posted this great shot of uh, Zartan riding a um, Rekka on the bike. And it looked great. That sounds and so cool. Like, and it, was, it just worked. And I, I just remember going, oh, who is that? <laughs> and he's like, it's Rekka. And I was like, wow, I feel like a dummy. Um, but yeah, I just feel like this characters are really halfway there, you know, to being a Joe scaled um, transformer figure. You know, I think, I think we're pretty much there. That's one. That's one idea that I have. Another one, um, and I know this might be weird, and this is how I'm going to shoehorn this in here. But a character like in Japan, they call him uh, Cordon. Uh, but it's essentially Sideswipe. I can never remember the American name for the cop version of the Lamborghini. But uh, Prowl? I don't know. No. Yeah, because Prowl is a fair lady. Jazz is a Porsche. So, <laughs> I know, right? But I thought it would be cool if this was a Dreadnought vehicle as well. Like, it's like a, a Transformer, an Autobot that has uh, had his memory circuits fried and whatever. And he's been pulled over into Cobra and they've done some very horrible things to him. A.K.A. They've turned him into a transformable thunder machine. <laughs> mm. And this would kind of be the base. Even this or even tracks would be a great base for a, a thunder machine that could transform into a robot. Um, you know, that's been like brainwashed or messed over by Cobra Commander. And something I don't have a picture for, but I think what could be, what I think could be fun for Hasbro to do, I just don't know if they'll do it, but is Soundwave or Shockwave as a brainwave scanner. So uh, you've got this completely new mold, which is the brainwave sc uh, scanner, which can accommodate, you know, capture, capturing a retro sized or maybe even modern era style GI Joe figure. Um, but it transforms into Soundwave or Shockwave. That's kind of cool that to actually add but, something extra where it represents something in GI Joe that yeah, hasn't right? been made before, but is a transformer. Huh. So that could be a fun one. Yeah. Otherwise, I think that's kind of cool. I see Joe Hunter 73 um, is responding to Ryan Sweeney um, and he's like, do you think that they would make Bumblebee a Ram cycle? And Joe mm. Hunter, his response to that is, 
Ooh, I like that at Ryan Sweeney. Ram cycle. Hmm. What do you guys think about that? Just while we're on the topic of motorbikes. I don't think B fits the motorbike type. I think Bumblebee needs to be at least a two-seater. So Vamp uh -huh. or, 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 or Striker, as I, as I mentioned. Like, there's a certain type of Transformer that, or Autobot that, that fits, like, bikes. I think, you know, they, they adapted RC to that in the movies. Um, yeah. Obviously, Rekgar and the Junkions were all bikes. Um, who was the one? He was part of the, the, uh, the, the, the rescue guys. Was his name Streetwise or something? <laughs> I don't know. I think it is Streetwise, yeah. Yeah, he was a, a police and motorbike. Also, and I think there's Stunt as well, or whatever his name. I think <laughs> they did like one much later. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Yeah. Transformers but, fans, correct us in the comments. <laughs> yeah, we know you will. <laughs> yeah, I, I want Bumblebee to be, you know, as I say, a four wheeler, a little bit slower, a little bit noisier. <laughs> Um, bikes are too cool almost for B. Yeah, not knowing too many like bike transformers, I was like, I thought RC could be a Ram and could come with Lady J. I thought that was kind of cool. Mm. Well, I if we're going to get really into it, let's get into bikes. the incredible <laughs> suggestions already. I mean, clearly we've we've set a fire in the, the chats because uh, guys are coming up with fantastic suggestions. All right, here we go. G.I. Gary says Optimus Prime as the APC and that Brawn can be a badger. MCDJACDC gets his account open with the usual hound and vamp combination. It's, oh, such, yeah. a, it's, such, a, it's such an easy like combination. Oh, yeah. like, you have Match to made in heaven. <laughs> Bumblebee should be a badger, says Hans Chow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ironhide can be a mauler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. No doubt. I thought Born. of Ironhide as uh, and the, War the Warthog, AIFE. It could come with the obviously Sergeant Slaughter. Yes, just, he feels oh. like a big beefy thing, but that's more of my interpretation of Ironhide, like from the the Michael Bay movies. Because I was looking at pictures of Ironhide originally, I think he's more red, but he's still he kind of he the way that he's portrayed at least the way I understand him, he's a uh, he's he's like an older, more grizzled Autobot. I thought that would work well with like Sergeant Slaughter's personality as well. For sure, man. I, I always think of Warpath when I think of an Autobot tank, but like doing mm. up a mauler in like a crimson color scheme, that, that would perhaps stray a little bit close to it looking more like a Cobra vehicle. So Warpath yeah. is, a, is a difficult one. And I mean, wouldn't it be cool if Warpath came with Metalhead? The Tourette's team, basically. Because they're like the same thing. They're the <laughs> yeah, they're the same thing, yeah. pretty much. Uh, all right. Ultra Magnus could be the Rolling Thunder. G.I. Gary's getting Ooh. pretty um, ambitious, shall we say. Which we uh, love, This is one that way. I was going to suggest. Skywarp can be the Night Raven. Yes, please. Yes, please. The coolest seeker jet ain't Starscream, and it ain't Thundercracker. It's Skywarp. Skywarp. F-16 dressed up in black. With purple accents, Oof. oh, so, so beautiful! Sexy. And like, Dude, I, if you oof. if you wanted to stray a little bit from making these seamless uh, reconstructions of GI Joe vehicles, to do a Night Raven with the red accents turned purple would still look Cobra, but just yeah. give you that Decepticon edge that it needs. Um, the problem I think with the Night Raven is like there's not much architecture to play with. 
Like it's a very thin jet. Uh, you're either going to have to kibble it up to give it added robot limbs and stuff, or you're going to have a very, very like slender, emaciated robot form. And I don't know which is the bigger of two sins. You know, you don't want to kibble up at Night Raven unless maybe you could make it look realistic, like like they're added weapon ports or bomb bays or something. But I think having a robot that looks a little too lean and 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 gangly that's perhaps the biggest sin because a night raven yeah. she's a tall bird um mm. i don't think she would adequately make a beefy transformer out of it mm. you know, uh, turn a conquest into something yeah conquest has yeah. a nice chunk of plastic in the Oops. middle i think the um, seekers would lend themselves uh the conquest would lend themselves well to seekers especially so python conquest as skywarp and that becomes yeah. a great double header because the python conquest is a stealthy plane it's got that paint mm. job right and skywarp's mm. whole gig is that he's stealthy and not only that but has the ability to warp short distances like he can teleport yeah. line of sight i think i think yeah. it works line of sight like it, it can't he can't he take can himself to another hey. planet uh that's mirage is but skywarp can, do... skywarp can no. like oh, okay maybe maybe look the cartoon I... played it fast and loose with these abilities yeah. Like, they definitely made Skywarp look like he was invisible at times. And Thundercracker was the fast one. He could go, like, really, really fast out of all of them. Didn't he have some kind of audio power? Hmm. Trying like, to he could now. deafen you. Oh, man, it's been a while since I watched G1 cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do it. Uh, but I'm still getting through it, man. Um, we, we got you uh, getting backed up by MCDJ, ACDC, Rekgar, playing a Silver Mirage. I mean, that might be too neat a bike for uh, a messy guy Rekor. like Rekgar. Yeah. But um, I think RC fits that mold better. You know it, man. You know it. Or even Mirage. <laughs> As a silver Mirage. <laughs> like, it kind of makes sense. You know, they're both dainty and they're both um, style of a substance, to be fair. Mm. I mean, if, if you look at the toy lineage, yeah. Yeah, because Mirage, Mirage was a Formula One. Yeah. car so like a, a really high performance bike feels right yeah yeah to me also, that feels more right than making bumblebee a bike sorry oh. guys i hate to be that guy to shut you down but like i just don't <laughs> see it whereas mirage i do see it that's great i also and love he's, ratchet he's all about appearances isn't he he's like mm, yeah although yeah. it's tracks thing but still mirage is he's a pretty boy he, he'd rather be, be 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 racing along the motorways of cybertron and fighting this senseless conflict oh. but trex also likes being in his car mode as well as well which is weird he prefers staying in car mode if if memory i serves. don't see a joe vehicle that suits tracks to be honest because he is all yeah. about the aesthetic joe vehicles are military that's why i think it'd be like such a cool thing like i mentioned earlier if if tracks or cordon or something like that were taken over by cobra and like you know butchered into being a thunder machine i think that would be so like such a traumatic thing to happen to that character and make it so much more interesting you know this <laughs> this pretty boy that's been like taken down by the dreadnoughts and and he's a slave to their will and you know he can't really do much but go fast um a fun one as well is ratchet as a snowcat i think that is a good fit in my mind because that could also be a fun transforming toy. Uh, we've 
you you know they did the small one like you showed us in the last episode from the energon line and but i think <laughs> having ratchet as a snowcat would be so cool i think it would totally work and i think or even optimus as a snowcat could be could be doable as well mm, i feel like optimus needs to be something a little bit bigger so i pitch I initially i mean the rolling operations uh, command center is probably the only truck trailer i can think of it's got a cab that detaches so you've got you've got combat deck you've got roller in the form of the stealth jet and then you've got the the cab to be optimus's sort of main unit but the rolling operations command center is like that's nowhere man like that has disappeared never to be seen again and also it's fairly obscure they want to go with heavy hitters and it seems to me that the heavy hitter that they haven't been able to repurpose or revisit has been the havoc like oh yeah didn't, they did the convention club havoc which was basically just a, a snowcat dressed up oh, in havoc colors about the havoc they didn't they haven't gone back to the havoc in a long time and this is this is an infamous joe vehicle like everybody mm. knows the havoc and everyone thinks it's absolutely junk on paper and then you get it in hand and you're like oh, i quite like this thing it's it's very signature joe and it has all the right architecture for my mind to fit an optimus prime the front kind of folds down and becomes his chest and it's got a kind of a heroic chest to it because it's got that slope um so if you flip it all the way around and poke his head out of where the engine block is that's that's a conceivable robot body i might <laughs> insist that they finally armor up the canopy instead of leaving yeah. it glass because that's yeah that's that's pretty weak or flip you know, it around I'm and hearing... make that his back can you guys and then hear that the... what Hold what on. are you hearing Shocktacon that transforms into a land shark. Yes, Bob Squad. That's the perfect three-way hybrid. My word. Genius. You derail me, Paul. I'm getting into it. The Havoc has a secondary vehicle, which fulfills the duties of Optimus Prime's scout car, aka Roller. Mm. and so the hovercraft is that uh combat deck is is provided for by like just maybe adding a repair bay kind of greebly to the flip out back section mm. and if you want to have a place to put a figure where uh, when you're in robot mode too easy man literally the gun chair becomes a gun chair on optimus <laughs> prime's back and it can kind of crane over his head so yeah an Optimus Prime Havoc is a piece of piss, really. I can't believe I didn't think of a Havoc. I, I, I feel like such an idiot. Oh, Question well. for the class, though. Do you recolor it red and blue? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think that would just add to it a little. So um, the front half least... of the Havoc would be red, the back half blue? Something like that. I think that could be fun. Uh, I don't know. Let's, what do the guys in the comments say? I'm sure that everybody's had a knee jerk reaction to that question. The problem to the, the, the reason I say red and blue is because when it's in Optimus, when it's transformed and you're seeing him in robot mode, you want it to look like Optimus Prime, not like, mm. you know, Hong Kong, Hong Kong, Animus Prime, you know, or Hong Kong, Economist. I can't say that. And it annoys me because I really want to. It would have been funny. Um, yeah. I, I just always am reminded of how Hasbro got almost a free pass with Megatron. Because literally, like, all his grey parts kind of exist inside the his tank. 
and then you just yeah. peel back the his tank to reveal a very cartoon accurate kind of inner bot like love that head sculpt eh? the head sculpt's great the body looks so cartoon accurate like they didn't have to really work hard to put megatron inside there whereas something that makes use of the havoc and still wants to give it that optimus prime stature would really have to integrate all of the havoc components into it mm. like i can imagine the arms would be hidden by the the front tracks mm. um and it would all just kind of unfurl from there and the thing is like i wonder how much toy functionality you would lose from like the havoc point of view like uh, the the Megatron Hiss looks like it's, it's still a pretty sturdy Hiss tank, whereas I wonder how fun Optimus Havoc would be, you know, as a as a Havoc. Look, the and, Havoc and is, is a really... famously thin vehicle, and mm. I think they'd have to get in there and thicken it up, build it out in sections, which I'm in favor with. Like, add a little bit of extra plastic to the Havoc, please, because I do feel like this is a vehicle which, in 1986, GI Joe toy designers had like a runaway hit because for its size it is very thin in the gills and yeah you you feel it when you, you're handling the toy it's like this thing must have moved hundreds of thousands of units and it's not all that much plastic for your buck so yeah i'm, I'm saying that to make this transformers xgi joe transformer they've got to build it from the ground up as they have been doing as as is the case with the his tank and and in so doing, they would have to add kibble, which would then just bulk out the havoc. So it'd be the most welcome kibble of all, I, I would mm. say. Mm. I also think that in a lot of ways, you could do away with the main canopy section as well. I don't think it needs to have that much real estate for toys. I think I've found some great like <laughs> comic book redesign of the havoc, which I'd like to show you guys. And maybe you like this is. Uh, image comics's reinterpretation of the havoc they gave it tank treads they gave it an apc back section but it nevertheless deploys a scout craft out of the top so it's got that havoc functionality um i don't have very good images of it but it's big uh it's yeah, got the front huge. cannons it's got the gun chair but the gun chair is like fully armored up it's got a troop section in the back. It's got a cab where the guys can actually sit upright. And it's primarily an armored up cab, but it's got glass in the front regardless. Um, and that, like, if they really wanted to make a blockbuster toy, that could be the perfect, the perfect havoc. Like, it needs to be bigger to give it meaning and, and make it make sense. And, and fortunately, Devil's Due... Back in their heyday, they managed to do that. The image that I'm flashing at the moment, if you look in the bottom right corner, you probably get the only wide shot of it. And yeah, it definitely does have a truck trailer uh, configuration. But it's it's undeniably a havoc. I can see that oh. totally being... I like, I like from, from the choices that have been kind of put forward. It's, it's, it's not just a chance for them to kind of like take an existing Giando vehicle and turn it you know straight into... A, a transformer but it's also an opportunity to either reimagine existing vehicles or even create completely brand new things um and that's actually kind of cool you can kind of take like a, a vehicle that's come up before and make it something new and more interesting or as paul suggested do a brainwave scanner yeah um 
you actually add to the universal geodra itself with with what you're creating also uh the more i think about it i'm loving the idea of like laser beak and ravage being uh, motorized battle packs so like ravage being the um sort of uh little fang copter the fang three or whatever not fang three but that little the little battlefield helicopter that goes on the you know the little black one but like mm. a cool looking modernized version of that that does also transform into a panther i think that would be awesome i thought of that now because i was like How, what would you give destro and i was like no what would you give cobra commander <laughs> that could be a lot of fun laser beak could also be um a cool little vehicle i'm just struggling to think about what he what laser beak could be Serpentor's but chariot <laughs> possibly yeah but possibly yes you could do something like that uh totally i just love the idea of Soundwave having his little you know crew happening because i think that just makes for such great toy fodder um Soundwave is a is an amazing toy and i think when you put mm -hmm. Soundwave in the correct context of where it is um then it works that's why i think modern Soundwave being a vehicle like something with wheels doesn't really work so well as he does as a boombox or as a Walkman. Uh, or as a space or station? As a, or a, <laughs> actually, Satellite? I like him as a space station. I really <laughs> dig that idea. Oh, man. Because it, Thank it you, makes Michael sense. Bay. Yeah, but he was only as. But that's the thing. He changed later on, spoiler alert, into an ugly Mercedes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like that aspect of him because that's freaky. Sunwave is just creepy. And so is Shockwave. So. I want, I, I hope they do something interesting with those guys and don't just, you know, try to shoehorn him into being a tank or something. I'd like, I really would love to see a, sound, a brainwave scanner or a motorized back. It doesn't have to be motorized, but one of the backpacks or a snake armor or something like that, you know? It's been no. mentioned a, ha a handful of times, so I've got to throw it up there. Uh, forgive me if I forget uh, exactly who mentioned it, but I know that. Niels Michaels uh, mentioned it on my Mega Hiss video. And now recently in the chats, Hans mentions it as well. But broadside as the USS flag. <laughs> Everybody's favorite triple changer. That piece of shit. Uh, who looks <laughs> awful in all three of his modes. Uh, but happens to look pretty respectable in the art that I'm flashing at the moment. Transforming that into the USS flag. Come on, Hasbro. <laughs> Aim for the stars, pal. <laughs> Swing for the fences. <laughs> I mean, imagine how much plastic that would have to be because they'd have to build out the bottom of the hull of the USS flag to give him all his robot girth but yeah, yeah Jesus that would be the grandest transformer slash GI Joe vehicle of all time and, and, I, and I'm sure everybody in the comments uh, I'm surprised nobody in the comments has actually mentioned this but I'm pretty sure when people see this on YouTube they're going to be like why not Jetfire as a Sky Striker? Oh, I mean, that, that was that was my, that my was last suggestion. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Had it waiting in the wings. Yeah, Jetfire. It's perfect. And they've already done done up the kind of Macross-esque parts for the, the STC uh, exclusive. Now they just need to work on a transformable body. And I've seen custom Sky Strikers that transform... And I think to myself, it's uh, too thin, too scrawny. So yeah. once again, it's another case of like giving the jets unfortunate kibble, which which pays off in robot mode. But if you yeah. give it those kind of 
weapons pack slash macros style gear uh, that that could help alleviate some of the kibbleness at least it's got mm. a kind of a more more canonical uh function and appearance but yeah man if you're going to be building a sky striker from the ground up as we know they are doing with the Haslab, you know these designs are probably kicking around someone's thought about it they're like ah, how can we how can we can we fit a robot in there I, oh. I the nice thing about the sky striker is that if they if they borrowed the same, same design as the what people know as the G1 Jetfire or the Takutoku Toys Valkyrie from Macross, you could actually just scale that up into that format. Yes, it would be a little bit thin and it wouldn't have the best articulation around the waist area and the legs wouldn't be able to do much else, uh, else other than going forwards and backwards. But I mean, you would in essence get a transforming Sky Striker. Just don't know how much fun it would be as a toy or as a sky striker <laughs> so, as i say though paul like those legs wind up being very thin oh no they do and listen the weak point on the g1 um jetfire and on the takutoku toys valkyrie uh, is actually the arms the shoulder joints uh -huh. the ratcheting falls to pieces and eventually the arms just shoot off it's quite sad <laughs> actually well they've only had over i don't know 35 years to get it right come on and you know <laughs> they have but i mean it's going to cost you 400 dollars. <laughs> so yeah oh yeah this is all kind yeah. of a price is no ex no object exactly. situation um maybe we're overlooking the easiest answer and that's just finally give us a gi joe f15 because that's a nice yeah. big blocky central portion to a jet which would then make for you know they'd make their money three times at least because we get at least the 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 the, the holy trinity of seekers starscream skywarp thundercracker and then they could just keep going from there because transformers yeah. fans will particularly keep buying them and i don't An think F16 too many... in in 118 scale that's bright green why not <laughs> and also i don't think too many people will will be upset if they did Jetfire as an F-15 because of tooling and things like that. I don't think they would, lab you know, belabor it too much, you know. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I would be like, hey, you know what? At least we got a Jetfire uh, and we've got a Jetfire and the Seekers and yay. <laughs> I think I think it could be a win. But yeah, guys, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm out of G.I. Joe x transformers suggestions because my god we've got a lot and there's some very good ones <laughs> money time engineering no object but yeah. like i said my most realistic prediction is bumblebee is the all striker and then obviously my most far out would be the flag though that's not really my suggestion that's just like a general sense amongst the fan base i think <laughs> optimus prime as a havoc is achievable but boy oh boy will that be a blockbuster vehicle and it would need complete redesign which I think the Havoc needs anyways, because firstly, the Havoc is a bit of an incomplete design to begin with. It's very function over form. And also, I think the tooling probably doesn't exist anymore. Otherwise, we would have seen a return to it for the, the convention exclusives. You know, the fact that they use, that they keep reusing the, the snowcap mold is very telling to me. Yeah. Hey, we'll see. You know, it also is very telling that the, the companies do design new toys. Like the people who make <laughs> Transformers design lots of new toys all the time. They're always coming up with new ways of transforming toys. Um, Lego is always coming up with new sets. 
I don't think it costs that much money to come up with new vehicles and new ways of, it's just of, the tooling of, of that making like things. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Rob. I've often you know? kind of been a Hasbro apologist on this podcast, but yeah, if there's an appetite, give us the toys. Plastic be damned. Transformers is now the the latest excuse to print money because that stuff always sells. It's always available. It's always big. There's a huge thirst for it. So yeah, yeah. GI Joe can ride the coattails of this bigger brand Absolutely. all the way to the bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And also, like, um, you know, to to add to that sentiment as well. I mean, there are people out there that are paying four hundred and ninety nine dollars for a very big turtle van from Super Seven. So yes, I think you know, I, I think it's possible. I think Hasbro. I think you guys can you can make big toys. It's okay. People will buy them. <laughs> We're big boys. All right, let's put a cork in our Transformers XGI joke discussion and quickly turn the focus on to Rob's love and scoonful. Rob's love and scoonful. <laughs> Each week, we've decided to, to have Rob elect his favorite responses from YouTube comments threads on the previous week's podcast and bring them to our attention for discussion in the show. So you too, dear listener, could have your response highlighted on G.I. Joburg. All you got to do is head over to our YouTube video and uh, drop a comment on the most recent pod. So actually, we, we, have, we have to catch up. I haven't done oh, yeah. two episodes. So I'm going to go in reverse order. So we're going to do 239, which was two great flavors. So George Hunt said, hello from Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and I'm in Mothman country. And I was like, West Virginia, where we... Well, did we go to West Virginia? And I was like checking our map, um, our, our route when we went to the States to uh, Jocon. And we went in West Virginia, but we we're very close, very close to Point Pleasant. I think we were about yeah. less than 200, less than 300 miles away from where that was. We actually slept over at a tiny little, what we called, affectionately called the murder house. Um, <laughs> and I could very easily see us being attacked by uh, some sort of Mothman creature. Um, where we stayed that night <laughs> but yeah point pleasant point pleasant is actually kind of renowned for being in a lot of supernatural stories or paranormal stories should i say anyway it's on. wild it's wild to me and also why also this stood out to me because it made me think about trip um also george also said that he he wants the dusty um and i think most people agree that dusty is, is a good one to have I completely um, didn't hear you, Rob, but you were taking lovely swipes at that Dusty saying he looks like he's wearing a very like thick <laughs> jumper, like his jer- <laughs> he's got a jersey on. <laughs> I, a lot of people like him. I was just like, he's too well, he's too warmly dressed. But well, also, why sharing I, those stalker tools, man? Yeah. Um. Why I like George's comment is because a lot of people on episode two thirty eight, um, were kind of commenting like, "Hey, how do we get?" G.I. Joburg back to the States, or how do we get, you know, G.I. Joburg all together in the same place again? <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, I would absolutely love to go back to the States. Um, mm, and I think at too. some point in the future, it's something that we have to make happen. Um, and how do people help? Just listen out. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if we'll need financial assistance when that time comes, when we want to go back again. I imagine we probably will again. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something I want to do, especially before our visas expire. Because <laughs> that experience, would, would, 
it, it took forever and it felt like it cost a lot of money just to be able to get a you know a thing that says you're allowed to come to our country yeah, um exactly. so i think yeah before 2032 or 2028 i think uh that's that's something that we need to kind of prioritize is getting back to the states um because mm. i think It'd be an absolutely amazing experience. We'll be a little bit older, a little bit wiser. Stephen, maybe he'll bring Elliot with. I don't know. <laughs> he can go to oh, his first bet. joke on. <laughs> yeah, folks. <laughs> awesome. And and then so those two thirty nine, which kind of like bled into two thirty eight, because I was looking at the comments there, and a lot of people were just like. Uh, when are you guys coming back? When is this happening? Next Joe Fest, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, how old? I don't know if the did... next Joe Fest, but the next, next Joe Fest. Next, next <laughs> one? Yeah. Like I mean, one probably not the one year. coming up right now, but... um, Yeah. Well, guys, see, we... I knew it. People, less and less COVID is a barrier to, to us attending a Joe Fest. Uh, now it's mm. more a case of like the Third World War. Um, and yes. that's only and... half a joke because... It's who knows what's going to happen, mm, and it's mm. it's funny that you mentioned that because actually my favorite comment or is actually <laughs> from a, a frequent commenter, um, and it it does kind of mention okay, so two thirty eight. If I just remind people, it was the it was our kind of a grab bag episode. Stephen was a little bit late. Me and Paul just kind of uh, shot the shot the shit for like you know the first half, and then Stephen joined <laughs> us after technical difficulties. Um. So it's it all over the place. And I think what captures the, the mood of the episode overall would be a comment from Emmanuel Gossett. Um, and he asks, the mood of the episode is what is the general mood of the world right now, I, I think. Um, is Zartan in the head of P Putin? Or did Putin didn't need Zartan's mind at the first place? What do you guys, what do you guys think about that? Like, would, is Zartan, is Putin inside the mind of Zartan? Is he controlling him? Is it the other way around? I still want to like Zartan, so I don't really want to comment on that too much, to be fair. You honest. like Zartan, okay. So you prefer him I not like to be Zartan. on the side of I Russia. I despise Putin. I have no qualms about saying that. Yeah, that. fuck that guy to death and all yeah. of his stooges. Thank you very much. No lube. Yeah. We don't, we don't hate <laughs> Russia, but we do hate Putin and his bullshit. So, yeah, I think them. you can definitely, you can single out uh, the, the leaders or a specific leader of a country versus yeah. the people of that country. Yeah, because they're think, also victims uh, you know, A few it. years ago, that, that happened uh, uh, with a lot of people around the world and the leader of, of the United States. It can happen here in the situation with Russia. I think also uh, lots of people, I mean, there's a lot of countries, I think, where, where people, they hate the, the leader, but not the country. So we love this Russians. Is a sentiment. This is a sentiment that's been said uh, by a number of um, you know the speakers and 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 the poets of the world, the more artistic folk who who see it like it is. But um, my port of call is always going to be Tom York of Radiohead, uh, and they've got this beautiful song called "Harry Patch in Memory of," and mm. one of the most stirring lines in it has got to be, "Give your leaders each a gun, and let them sort it out themselves." There you go. What, why Brilliant. is it that, that people, innocent, civilians even, have to suffer for the power-hungry, land-grabbing madness that mm. like, permeates all of, all of history's despots? So yeah, guys, serious note, 
G.I. Joburg strongly condemns Russia's aggressive uh, moves into the Ukraine. Like, this is horrifying. Horrible. Every day I turn on the news and I'm like, I I cannot believe this is happening. Like, why? uh, That we we have gone through so much history and and we still, the wheel keeps coming around again. Mm. Fuck. Yeah. Anyways, I don't want to lower the mood. People like to tune into us to escape this shit, but yeah, it's, yeah. I don't want to be flippant. I don't want to be flippant about an issue this fucking severe. Yeah, we, could, we can't be that ignorant about it. Exactly, you know. So yeah, our thoughts are with all of the people affected by this. Na- yeah. na- nationalities aside, I know that the Russian people themselves are protesting this action as well, and their their actions are being put down very violently by by security police. And I, I feel for those security police members who, who are following orders and they dare not step out of line. So, you know, not even on Russian people, soil, like yes, yeah. the shitstorm mm. is, is hardcore. Not to mention how, how things are going to pieces on the front lines in the Ukraine. Mm. I mean, it's been said, like, is this going to dip into a nuclear conflict? Well, they started shelling nuclear power stations. As far as I'm concerned... It is already a nuclear conflict. conflict the yeah. fallout for that is going to be catastrophic. So this is us hoping that it doesn't go that way, and that you know our thoughts are with peaceful resolution for sure. Mm. For sure, but for now, let's turn it back to something a little bit more positive <laughs> and maybe a little bit more selfish. Um, yeah, talk to gentlemen. me about plastic, Paul. Yes, well, did you guys get any new toys? You Rob, bet. are you still enjoying your new toys? I'm still very much enjoying my new toys. I've I filmed my little video. I'm starting to edit it. I think I need to update my editing software. Hopefully, in the next two weeks or so, I'll be, I'll I'll have um, a, a cool timber video. Sweet. <laughs> Stephen awesome. released a nice little video the other day. If you guys haven't checked it out, go and check out our YouTube channel. The same one that <laughs> you might be watching this podcast on. That was some cool little new mini shit. reviews. And it's the actually a military vehicle design. Infantry fighting vehicle. Yeah. It d- yeah. does seem like people have a thirst for vehicles because like the hit count on this toy has surpassed uh, my review of the V one point five snake eyes like tenfold. <laughs> so it, it's it's definitely like there's an appetite for for plastic vehicles, but I don't want to get into that. I shot a video about it. Check out the channel if you're if you're interested. It's um the world peacekeepers sort of generic toy line so it's not gi joe but it's complimentary enough and uh yeah if you want to play out the conflict in the ukraine right now bomb bomb a couple of these just uh throw them off a cliff did you get any non he-man stuff i i did actually i i did i i, I struggled to remember if i mentioned my my um he-man horsey but I won't go into that right now. Let's go into some G.I. Joe stuff. Okay, so um, these have been sitting on the back burner for a while. Uh, they recently came in this week. It's none other than... <laughs> I don't know if anybody Ooh. can see them because I can't for some reason. But, uh, very appropriate. Very appropriate. They just announced Street Fighter Six. Correct. With its originally quite bad logo. I hope they fixed that. But uh, yeah, guys, like, I mean, I got, these are not, the, clearly these are not the best condition, <laughs> um, but they were very, very cheap. I got them for a steal from a local buy, uh, from a local seller. Uh, Ryu is unfortunately missing his uh, sash from his uh, belt. Um, 
well, you know, the, the, the soft goods piece, Chin Lee looks like her little um, hair buns have been eaten, uh, eaten off by some kind of small <laughs> creature. And she has an amazing action feature. She's got a turtleneck feature because inside the, the, the pieces that hold her head up have broken. So she's got oh, like a turtle man. head feature. So her head kind of like pops up and <laughs> it's great. She's um, got no neck, dude. She's got no she's neck. She's been hitting the gym a little bit too hard. Those traps have like engulfed her neck. Exactly. Rawr. She's like, her. Sh shoulder <laughs> shrugs. Shoulder shrugs. Rawr. It's all I do in the gym. <laughs> she's like, ha, 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 ha. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but Steve, the reason I bought her. Actually, oh. I mean, aside from, I, I do want a Chun Li, but I knew that this was a bit of a beta figure. And I know that at one point you were talking about uh, cracking Jinx one head. of these bad boys open. Yeah. Give it to me. For, yes. I want it's it. yours if you want. I want it. a Jinx head. Because I've got that Chun Li, but she's kind of sentimental because yes. I bought her on card when I was in Hong Kong last time. Yeah. Um. So uh, she's also a bit of a beta. Like, even being on card, she has yellowed. So clearly yeah. they left this in the storefront, which is unfortunate. But but I I still don't want to crack her open. Whereas this one, she she already fucked. <laughs> no, she she's ready to be opened. Destroy. Then I got something else that was really 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 cool and quite a lack of surprise this week. Um, mm. Local seller as well posted a whole bunch of stuff on Facebook, and I saw this bad boy, and I was like, ah, oh, I need it. And that is wow. a viper, ladies and gentlemen. It's my third viper. <laughs> It's just weird. These guys keep finding their way to me, and it's the coolest thing. Did you get so it affordably enough? Because it's got its gun. Yeah, I got. Um, I don't want to go into how much I paid, but I do want to go into how much you paid. Okay, putting you on the spot, Paul. <laughs> Spill. I I paid six fifty for this guy and another thing that I'm going to show you guys after this. Um, so yeah, this viper's complete with his gun, and I'll codename him Scratch. So I've got Scratch and Scorch, mm. and um, and then a third one which is quite neat. Um, but only two of them are fully geared up. And then I got, the, and as a South African GI Joe fan, I kind of feel like it's imperative that it's, that you have to have this. This is how, you know, you're a GI Joe fan in South Africa. You have to have this vehicle, a Fang 2, um, <clears throat> because they were like everywhere and they were like 50 Rand from Dion's. And I used to have you one have of no these excuse and I love not it. To have one. <laughs> and I got this Fang 2, uh, and that Cobra Viper together for 650. So good time mm, that's yeah. sweet good. and i think that's that's worth shipping as well so yeah with the postnet to postnet so that was quite a lack of score i must say um i put the price out and the, the seller was like cool and i was like cool i'm not going to negotiate it down i'm like that's it i'm happy that's a good you know that's what i put down so um this picture that you guys are looking at this image is what 29 years or so in the making i would say uh maybe a little bit more uh, because I had the Fang 2 as a kid, but I never had an Alley Viper. And every time I saw pictures of this damn thing, it had a damn Alley Viper in, and I was like, I must have it. Um, for years, I used to have a Heat Viper piloting my Fang 2. Then it was a Target, and then all kinds of, all manner of, of toys eventually filled the cockpit. But until this week, I've been able to marry the Alley Viper and the Fang 2 to, uh, together, and that makes me super happy. And yes, so yay! And it's such a cool toy, man. It's so much fun to play with. So, and let's not lose sight of the fact that he's going to need that blast shield down when those missiles fire off. 
Yeah. So Ali Viper's a very sensible choice. <laughs> he just goes blind for a sec. <laughs> flips the knight armor back up. Yeah, so that's man. been good, me good for a little call. bit of exciting toy stuff. I was so happy to find this dude. It was just lacquer to get this. And I honestly can't say if this was originally a local um, Fang 2 or not. Oh, I'm pretty um, sure it was. Fang 2s yeah. and pulverizers clogged Dion's. And then the very next year, it was Darklon's Evader adding to the mix. And a touch of Skystorm. I don't know if you got that in Joburg, but like we had Skystorms up to our necks. Oh, dude, if I saw Skystorm, I would have bought it. That, um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's crumbs it's cool. from the US's table. And it seems like Joburg was getting crumbs from Cape Town's table. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Rob. You've always flip flopped on your opinion in that regard. You're like, does Joburg have the better toys? Does Cape Town have the better toys? <sighs> Generally, I feel like Joburg got the better deal most of the oh, time. Oh, well, you can kiss I my ass. Go <laughs> <laughs> down, man. You just got to know where to look, ne? Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Guys, I also got some new shit this past week. It arrived, and it's called Skyquake. Ooh. Paul has his Heberg. I got my Transformer Town. Um, Skyquake <laughs> is a late G1 Europe exclusive Transformer, which I believe was available in South Africa, but I never saw him. And he is the most glorious Decepticon jet of we all We had time. him here in Dion's. He's... I nearly bought him on a few occasions. Sorry. Goddamn. Oh, well, man, he's beautiful. He's a beautiful disaster because mm. these guys are time bombs. Like they have an enormous lump of gold plastic on the back. And this is the era where gold plastic syndrome was at its height in terms of swirly gold plastic that just does not have the structural strength or the, I, I think the science of it is like it's a, it's a bonding polymer. It's very mm. weak, makes it crumble to dust. And unfortunately this one already is. Um, I'm kind of having it out with the seller at the moment. I'll see if that resolves, but that, that is no one's fault. That's just a function of age. What was a problem was he put it in a tiny box. Like literally the box was the same length as, as the plane. And oh, he cracked God. the nose cone off. Oh my God. But like but, you specifically asked him. Oh God. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, but I, I okay, we, we're, we're on about the nose cone at the moment. So gold plastic syndrome has operated on the hinge. And I'm currently in chats with the awesome Mauler Joe from Joe Mauler Works, who is some kind of toy guru uh, yes. he just knows his stuff man he's he's working with me to kind of see if we can make an adequate repair on that just to no, give it like longevity necromancer yeah no, guy guy knows some stuff man i suggest to anyone watching this or listening to this check out his youtube channel for the most awesome tips and hints like this guy is oh. almost the best kept secret in the joe world and let me tell you Him and actually moments as well indeed yeah yeah yeah, yeah. They, you can mention them in the same breath but like i emailed joe on the subject of this break uh or potential break and within the hour he had shot two videos and posted them privately to me on the wow. subject like this guy <laughs> this guy doesn't waste any time um but yes the nose cone had broken off in oh the post God. and it had very clearly been re-glued the seller is, of course, mm. playing dumb. 
He's like, oh, they must have played soccer with it in the post office. I'm like, hmm, you sold me a broken toy, pal. <laughs> Uh, I haven't, I haven't kind of dealt all my cards yet. I haven't po- pointed pointed the blame at him and said, "Listen, you knew that this was defective when you sold it to me. You are playing dumb now because this is absolutely a very rush glue job." Mm. Uh, the, the adhesive is like I've I've actually peeled that adhesive off. It's yeah, like, a, like a rubber glue or something. Or something. Yeah, no. it's it's garbage, garbage glue, uh, which is fortunate because now I can do a proper fix. But I do want to either call this guy on his bluff and get him to reduce the the purchase price, <laughs> which is perhaps first first prize, or us to go through the rather lengthy insurance claim process, which can be done. Look, I didn't pay that much to begin with. These things certainly go for a lot more online. But just so I can hold my head up high that you know I've dealt with a schnee seller and come out on top, that'd be grand. But the the transformer itself, guys. Let's have a minute for Sky <laughs> Skyquake. He is just ultimate Decepticon design for me. This Love era of Transformers is my era of Transformers. The era where it was almost color coded, like Autobots had a dark blue kind of inner bot onto which car robot parts were were slapped, and Decepticons were black. Uh, the Transformers had silver faces and the Decepticons had this kind of burnt copper coloring to their face. And the light piping was mm. gorgeous, beyond gorgeous. It was it gave these characters new life. It gave them life, basically. Like Transformers yeah. without light piping look dead to me. These mm-hmm. guys look like they have a kind of an inner working to them. A glow. It's a gorgeous kind of. toy. It's a, wow. a little bit Tron-like. Dude, don't you love the missile feature, the bomb feature on this guy? Yes, you roll Very the cool. the tumbler of the of the engine nacelles, and the green bombs fall out. I only ah. have two bombs uh, to hand, but back in SA, I have tons more. So I look forward to one day having a full full rollout Condor and style. And it's a pity. And it's a pity about the gold plastic syndrome because. I know that this thing was a lot of fun when you popped the the big white rocket on the top, the big white missile from. You can't um, do that, Paul. Yes, you can. <laughs> I've done it. It's in the manual. The, you pop the it's other the jets on top. Yes, you can do that, and you can put the missile and on the, the top missile. as well. You can totally. The missile's do it. got Paul that fold out bit. Hundred percent well. correct. Go and check it out. It's in the manual. It's there. It's right. Paul, it's there. I, I'm sorry. Paul, but, these are toys that I happen to, happen to own. So I'm going to respectfully disagree with you. The white missile doesn't fit on the gold um, of Skyquake. But commentators, you know better than any of us. So if so you know, know the answer, um, if you know me to be wrong, please school me in the but comments. But I do remember because it's uh, is it Daniel or Michael that had this guy, um, which is actually ultimately why I didn't buy him because somebody I knew had him already. Um, mm. But I remember popping that white missile on this dude. And I don't know if it's on that gold slot, but it is designed to carry that um, that warhead somewhere. Um, that being the some... accessory, the sort of the mega visor from Stalker, yeah. the tank. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a case of like um, trying to mate two females. <laughs> no, it could be something like that. Like the no, no, the I male agree. part is is provided for by the jets. The small jets, yes. the small predator jets. Anyways, this is I, a GI Joe podcast and not a Transformers. Yeah. Podcast. Like, anyway, what the hell are they talking about? 
But a feature that I didn't know until I started watching reviews on this toy was these enormous slats of light piping. You slide the the, the sort of the vents closed, or you can reveal them open. So on the back of the jet, there's this cool like vented structure that you can either open or close, and it reveals these like a raven. beautiful green transparent. That is so slats. cool. It's so not necessary. It doesn't do anything. It's so aesthetic, but it's so it cool that it no has purpose. it. So Anyways, guys, I, that's my new yeah. shit, and I'm absolutely delighted to to share it with you. Uh, also, show I'm, his a, face I'm a happy boy. Oh, oh okay, okay, okay. Oh, well, okay no. mm, Sorry, it. just just wanna just wanna quickly um, wanna put that out there. Like, oops, I don't know about you guys, but I always feel I've always felt that this dude's face looks a lot like Shredder from mm, yes. Turtles. I can see that. And it's also, but at the same time, it's also got a very Gundam face as well. It's one of the more more Gundam looking Transformers. Look, I'll stand by it. Like the, I love this it. period of Transformers. This just on the precipice of G two kicking off is the best, because just the the color palette of the Decepticons, for instance, it's all these mid tones, all these like teals and purples and like like brushed gold and stuff like it's just so beautiful to color code your entire armada in a similar way whereas g1 was all over the map these ones had like there was a certain palette of decepticon colors like approved decepticon colors and there was certain palettes of approved autobot colors and autobots had the pink light piping decepticons had the the yellowish green light piping and that just set these two factions at odds with one another even in their their visual appearance so it's just it's it's the best <laughs> bon yeah. and that's, that's just cool, my bent anyways does, yeah we've done it we've done it we've dwelt enough we've on it. transformers i think okay. we will do a dedicated gi <laughs> joe episode next week but for now thanks for slogging through it with us guys if you want to get rid of if you want to get rid of if you want to get hold of the show of us. <laughs> if you want to get hold of the show scroll on down <laughs> to the comment section if you are watching the youtube version rob might very well pick out your response or if you want to send us a long form email our address is real south african hero at gmail.com we're of course social anywhere you find gi joburg and that's twitter instagram or facebook so dm us and we may well be responding to you on the show if i don't get around to it personally myself we even got a cool email during the recording of this uh, episode, so we can probably look forward to that in the next in our next show. So that's pretty cool. Mm. Mm. Incredible. <laughs> We're always being contacted constantly. It's fantastic. <laughs> cool, guys. Um, Straight and... after this concludes, I want to direct everyone to Data Links Magnus's channel, where he will be debuting the second part of his classified series stop motion adventure um nice. i got to yes, offer up my voice that. as general hawk and dream come true it's finally happening shockwave so it will have Ooh. already premiered by the time this this Ooh. uh podcast goes out but uh everyone in the live chats head on over to data links magnus's channel sweet and um guys if you want to be part of the madness that is gi joe burke in in the sense of like supporting our channel and stuff your likes, your comments, 
your shares, even they really help us a lot and, and they make us feel love and they give Rob something cool to read in the episode. Uh, but if you want to like support us, um, and help the channel grow a little bit, then we do have a Patreon and you can check that out in the link. Oh, the link is in the description below. You can join these fine and beautiful badasses on our Patreon on a, uh, on a roll. And there's not just one wall of them. There's two walls of them. So yeah. So if you want to jump in, it's as, you can jump in for as little as $3 if you want to. And that does support the channel in helping us, you know, keep StreamYard going, helps us get um, stuff for review, you know, keeps us alive, keeps us a little bit fed here. Oh, a T-Berg. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, but either way, your support is greatly appreciated. So thank you very much to all those fine people. Oh, oh I'm yeah. going to totally read out this email. <laughs> <laughs> it's from our buddy, Sammy, who has authored the third paragraph to Red Star's file card. So this is uh, some new information um, and it's very fitting. Served with G.I. Joe from 1991 through 1994, returned to Odessa afterwards, hoped to enjoy a peaceful retirement and left military service, spent time as a fisherman and sunflower farmer. In 2014, he rejoined the naval infantry due to the Crimean conflict where he served as a reserve officer. Had not fired an assault rifle for two decades until about nine days ago. Currently serving on the front lines in defense of his homeland. And there's a quote. An attack on free people anywhere is an attack on freedom everywhere. Nice hmm. one, Sammy. Very fitting. Ooh, and that. with Red Star on our side, hopefully we can bring this conflict to a swift conclusion. Yo, Joe. Yeah. Or yo, Ivan. Yo, Ivan. Ivan being Ukrainian. Let me just specify. <laughs> yeah, before there's confusion. Yo, Ukraine. Mm, cool. <sighs> nice one. We did it. Yeah, and we are cool. out. Get out. Have a great week, everybody. And see you in a brief seven days. It's been real. Oh, yeah. Thank you for joining us. And goodbye. 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 Bang to <laughs> go check out Data Links Magnus's second part episode. Oh, oh, oh! Before we go, Kujo and I recorded a video on Boba Fett. It's available on Kujo's uh, codename Kujo YouTube channel, and I will double post it. So you've probably listened to it already or watched it already because it's going to be on the GI Joe channel. Hey, and our podcast stream. So. Um, Go watch it again. Listen if to it again. you have any interest in a G.I. Joe guy talking about Star Wars and a fair bit of self-indulgence, Kujo asked me some, some personal questions, actually. So if that piques your interest, it's, uh, it's all there. Or if you want to squarely ignore it, fair enough. <laughs> we'll be back with the Joe Madness next week. Yeah, there you go. And now we're out. Ninja, vanish. Yeah. <laughs>